thanks again to, uh, to all of our teachers. Thanks for investing in our kids. Uh, we can teach a kid uh, the full gospel in three years. And uh, we've already gotten to go through that, which is a huge celebration for us. Uh, that's our future. Pray with me. Lord, we pray that you will be with us, that you will bless this time. God, I pray that you will bless this word, speak into our hearts, forgive us our sins because they are many, and uh, thank you for your forgiveness. Teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in righteousness through your word as you always do. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, the book of Luke. Luke is in the New Testament. The Bible's in two major sections. 39 books called the Old Testament, the Old Law, the Old Covenant. They're the story of God creating the world, choosing a people and promising that one day through them he will bring a Messiah, a Savior. When that Savior comes, that is Jesus, we begin the New Testament. And that is the New Testament or the New Covenant, the New Law. And uh, the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are eyewitness accounts or first-hand surveys of the life of Jesus. Uh, Luke is a first-hand survey of the life of Jesus. He is quoting Jesus here at a time when Jesus was performing miraculous deeds and it was catching a lot of attention. And the people were wondering, how is he doing this? Because it wasn't a trick, it wasn't anything a magician could pull off, so how is he doing it? They knew it was supernatural, so instead of entertaining the idea that he was who he said he was, God come to man. They said, no, 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 he's doing this through evil. This is black magic. He's doing this through the power of Satan. And this is Jesus' response to them before they even said it to him, Luke chapter 11, verse 17 through 23. All the scripture will be on the screen. Nobody expected you to be a Bible scholar when you walked in today. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Jesus was obviously preaching against Satan. Why would Satan empower him to do that? It doesn't make sense. Because a kingdom divided against itself will fall. For you say I drive out demons by Beelzebub. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Listen, anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. It was a simple logic that Jesus was not performing these things through the power of Satan because he was doing them against Satan. Satan would not, um, would not divide that way. Do I need to use a handheld mic, guys? We're good? Satan would not 
split his kingdom like that. He wouldn't work against himself because it stands to reason that a kingdom divided against itself will tend towards destruction. That seems simple, but we live that all the time. A home divided against itself will fall. Priorities divided against themselves will make you go crazy. How about this one? A mind at war with its own self will tend you towards destruction, right? Obviously, Satan's not going to empower Jesus to fight against him. It stands to reason. But we fight against our own selves and wonder why there's no success. We have priorities in our home that fight against one another and wonder why it's not a success. And then Jesus ended that with 23. He said, anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. That seems a little harsh, doesn't it? If you're not for me, you're against me. That seems a little my way or the highway, Jesus. Can't we vote? And he said, if you're not for me, you're against me. I, the, I, I thought of this this week, and we have a house. Now, there's a common theme in the Bible that the kingdom of God is being built, right? And you are, you are a, a, a brick. This, this, there, there's, there's a global sanctuary, if you will, tabernacle. And our church is a brick in that. And there's the local sanctuary, church. You are a brick in that. And in your home, you have talents and God has told you to build something, and you begin to build it, right? We're, we, we've got this tower. We're doing what God has told us. It's rudimentary, I know, but I'll, I think it'll get the point across. And we have what God has told us to do. Everything that you have is for his glory. Are you good at something? Why? Did he not give you that? Is that not something we can use for the glory of God? Can I enjoy it? Sure. But I use it for his glory. But, but then something comes along that's not maybe evil, but it's not necessarily part of what God has. And it could be, it could be anything. You know, this is what God gave me to use for his kingdom, and he called me to it. But honestly, you know, I'm just tired of living with less means. And so I'm going to take some of these gifts that God has given me, some of these abilities, some of these priorities. And, you know, it's not evil. It's not bad to, to have a little extra money to be able to drive something nicer. None of that's evil, right? And so I'm just going to take some of that, and I'm going to put it over here. And this is not evil, this is not a bad thing, but what happened to what God called us to do? He says, anyone who is not with me is against me. 
And anyone who does not gather with me scatters. And so what have we begun to do? We've begun to scatter. And, and so we have a home divided against itself because I've, I've taken some of these assets that God has given me to build his kingdom and to build my home and to grow my children and to prepare my soul and I begin to stack them over here. And it may not be evil. I, and I know I can tell you that this week, did I read my Bible? Yes, I, I read my Bible, I talked with God, but not, not nearly the way I, I, I like to, that I want to. For some reason, I just had a real like uh, fidgety week. You know, like just super hard to sit still. You, maybe that's not your struggle, but if you know me, you know like my energy is very hard to like suppress. Is to sit down and read this week was just kind of not happening. And so, you know, it was like I could sit down and read, but I'm just, I'm, I can't sit still right now. And so I'm just going to like go work on the yard a little bit. That's not evil. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to go work on, on, on Bodie's swing in baseball, you know, and I just begin to take all this time and energy and resources and put them into something else, and I'm confessing to you, this is what my week looks like. This is what God called me to do. This is where I put all my assets. And I didn't do anything evil. There wasn't a sin in that that I know of. Is my wife in here to fact check that? <laughs> but I, I, I ended up with a home divided against itself. And I have to search for a, a, a way to make myself prioritize the things of God over my own things because I will end up building my own kingdom and it will fall. It does not have a good foundation. There may be money on the front end. There may be Happiness on the front end, but it will never bring me joy like doing what God has called me to do. We have got to stop dividing ourselves, <laughs> not just our homes, our, our, our own selves. I have told you many times that it doesn't matter when you spend time with God. Sometimes you're an evening person. Sometimes you're a morning person. I always make fun of my wife. She's not a morning person. And I joke that even Jesus doesn't want to talk to her in the morning. But, but there is something. If you have that ability to give your first fruits and to set your mind and your heart on the Lord, would you take it? Because in the evening I reflect on what I did wrong and in the morning sometimes I can plan on what I'll do, right? It doesn't have to be that way. That's not a rule. That's not a rule. But make sure that we are putting the research. There's not an endless supply of bricks, by the way. For this analogy, you need to understand that. I got three left on the ground because I'm not dead yet. But this is it. I'm only so much a piece of the kingdom of God. That's actually a good thing because the weight of the world isn't on my shoulders. Building the entire tabernacle or temple is not on my shoulders. I'm just a piece of it. But where do I put my pieces? There's only so, so much of you to go around. Jesus says, 
we can't divide ourselves. Satan is not serving himself and God. Satan is serving only himself. Satan can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. Go to Luke 16.33 with me. And I said that, uh, but it might be 13. Luke 16.13. No servant can serve two masters since he either will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now this was a specific thing that he was talking about. I don't want to take this out of context, but he gives us a principle in in the beginning. He's talking specifically about money. You cannot serve God and money, uh, but there's a principle behind that that you can't serve two masters. In the same way that Satan wouldn't serve two masters, you can't serve two masters. And in this example, he says you can't serve God and money at the same time because their directions will split, their intentions will split, their purpose will split. And do you understand that the decisions that you face will become so much easier when you understand your direction? Okay? Uh, Direction helps with decisions. Why? Because when God has given me a purpose, God has said, hey, Jared, I want you to go to, I want you to go to Ranger. I have people there that I love, and, and there are people that need to come home to me, and I want you to help them get there. And I begin to make plans. I begin to make decisions, whether they be my own personal investment, financial decisions, what do you get into, what do you not get into. I have to look at what has God called me to do. And so I plan my direction based on my purpose. Because what am I running after? I'm running after helping people who are far from God get closer to God. And if it doesn't do that, it's not worth me running after i hope that makes sense in case it doesn't maybe this will help when i know what god has called me to do i have a target to aim for i have a finish line to run towards and so i can do that it makes sense to me And it gives me satisfaction to be able to achieve that. Now, it may be a race with multiple finish lines, okay, as we've had great successes in here. Many of you are like, you know what, I have have met Jesus and my life is completely changed. Awesome. That shows that we're on the right path, but we're not done. I'm not done as a pastor. We're not done as a church, although there's a great success out of that. But we find joy in that. Someone has come to Jesus. A family has been changed. Some of you are in church for the first time ever or maybe for the first time in a long time. We celebrate with you, and that celebration gives us joy. You are my joy. I can only imagine how much you're the joy of a father. But that gives me purpose. What happens is we get on uh, we, we get onto the world's definition of what is success for you, 
And maybe you're watching uh, everyone's highlight reels on social media, or you're watching TV, right? It, you're, you're a hunter, and you're not satisfied with a good pig hunt anymore because you're watching dudes shoot moose in Alaska. You, do, does that make sense? I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching here, but, but it's like I can never get there. You find, you find uh, people like that in the gym all the time. It's like, dude, at what point did your body just swell in these places? Like, what was your goal when you came in here? And it doesn't matter because it's never enough. How much money do you make? It doesn't matter because it's never enough. How many friends? How many likes? How many views? It doesn't matter because it's never enough because it's a moving target. And that will frustrate the heck out of you. I I hope that this is resonating because when we allow Satan to give us the latest and greatest that we're constantly having to chase and do, it's, it's sort of like, anybody have a cat and you do this? And he, what happens when he gets close to it? What do you do? Oh, oh, and you just want him to chase it. And that stupid cat never figures out that he'll never catch it. I'm that stupid cat. Chasing a target that is constantly moving because as long as Satan can have me chasing the latest and greatest of this and that, I will never find. And let's say you do. Let's say you do and let's pretend for a moment that we're a church and we believe that after this life we're going to go to heaven. What have you caught here? Really? You're going to take money with you to heaven? You're going to take your new skills with you to heaven? What have, you, what have you caught if you catch it and you never will? Then what? It's a moving target and it keeps God's people frustrated. The Apostle Paul was like, I found the way to be content. Whether I'm naked or clothed, beaten, sick or healthy. I found the way to be content because his target never moved. His target was obedience to God. How would it be? I know, I, man, I, I don't want this to sound cheesy. What would your life be like if you woke up tomorrow and liked yourself? You probably haven't done that in so long you have no idea what it feels like. Why don't you like yourself? Because I haven't achieved it. Achieved what? A moving target. You're never, you're never gonna get it. What would it be like if you woke up tomorrow and was like, God is pleased with me. I'm doing it. What would it be like if you woke up and you were like, you know what? I'm really on the right path. I love where this is headed. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of finances, regardless of anything, if we stopped chasing a moving target and being obedient to what God has called me to do and getting my stuff back over here, Man, what would it feel like to wake up and go, we're doing it. (laughs) You haven't had that win in so long because you don't like yourself. Or you don't have any, any confidence. Why don't you have any confidence? Because you feel like a failure. Why do you feel like a failure? Because you're chasing a target that cannot be caught. Of course you'll fail. Of course. 
Man, if Satan can steal your confidence, if he can steal, if he can steal your thunder, if he can make you feel like, well, I can't tell anybody anything because look. Dude, he doesn't care if you're a Christian or not as long as you don't affect anybody else. What would you do at work? If you had an employee, and some of y'all need to just zip it right now because you do. What if you had that employee that got halfway done with a, a task and then they were over on something else? And then they're over on something else and never finished a task. You would let them go never finish a task somewhere else. But in the kingdom of God, right, we can abandon those things. It's all good, right? No. God has something you, he wants you to do. And there may not just be one goal. You may never be finished with it. But when you're on the right path, you'll find that success. You're going to find those nuggets, those breadcrumbs of, yes, God is pleased with me. I'm on the right path. Guys, you ever, you ever shoot an animal that you can't find, but you blood trail it? And you get that red light out, and you're like, oh, I've lost it, I've lost it. <gasps> Bud! And you know you're on the right path, right? I just shot the biggest buck I've ever shot in my life. I can't find this dude. And now it's like, ooh, a nugget. I'm happy. It's a, it's a dopamine drop if you've never been there. Yes. It's what it's like in the kingdom of God, man. When you're on the right path, you can be happy with yourself. Some of you need that, honestly. And I, I, man, I don't want to sound like Dr. Phil right now, but my goodness, you just, you need to lock yourself for a minute. Luke 10, 38 through 42. I love this. We're walking in on on two sisters, and I've, I've, I've preached this passage here before, but I, I want to talk about it again. Luke 10, 38 through 42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. She's ticked. Because she's having to serve alone and you've been there. Somebody showed up and you had to make preparations and nobody was making a hand. It's frustrating. And I'm expecting Jesus to go, Martha, you need to pull your weight here. You need to do, wait, did I get it wrong? Mary, yeah. Mary was the one cutting it short. So tell her to give me a hand, verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken from her. Mary has made the right choice? What's the opposite of the right choice? <laughs> the wrong choice. Martha made the wrong choice? Okay, well, everybody came to see Jesus, and they all came to her house, and I bet they wanted a snack. I bet things needed to be cleaned up. 
I bet there were things to be picked up. How's that the wrong choice? She's in the right on this deal. She's the worker on this deal. I'm completely on Martha's side until I realize that you can get real busy and miss the whole reason you're there. Right? I'm going to talk to moms for just a minute. This goes for dads too, but it's, it's Mother's Day. So I'm just going to use a mom analogy. This is the kid that you've been entrusted with. This is what God has given you to pour in to that kid. There is limited capacity in this child. Limited. You got 18 years. And then we're gone. Bye-bye, see you later. How many of y'all got a nine-year-old? It's half gone. There's your depression for the day. <laughs> this is what the world has. But, but we're Christians, so we filter it so it's diet. <laughs> right? Because we're just not going to give them straight sugar. Hey, consequently, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I'm not trying to give health advice. I'm just saying, has anyone ever switched to diet and lost weight? All the time I'm like, man, you look great. What'd you do? I cut out sodas. Nobody's ever been like, I switched to diet. It just came right off. <laughs> Never once. This is what the world has filtered. Of course. And so we start out with the best of intentions. And a bunch of y'all have those little, those little kids' bibles with the real animated stories. And we're just, man, we're going to read that to our kids. And that's just going to be our nightly thing, right? Until, until the kid won't just shut up and listen. And they got stuff to do. And it's like, you know what? I got to finish grading papers. I got to finish doing something. So here's a tablet, okay? Just, just we're going to watch that. And I'll only do that for a week, and then we're going to go back to, dadgummit, I've got to work some extra hours tonight. <laughs> and so we're going to, but it's, it's filtered. It's diet. So it can't be that bad because we're going to get back to it, right? And so we get back to, oh, you know what? I'm convicted. I haven't even been praying for my kid much. And that lasts for two days. And then... Something happens in the morning. I got to start going to work earlier. I mean, there's, there's legitimate things. And so now I'm just, you know what? A little bit more tablet, a little bit more TV. I get the kid. You know what? That's enough. We got to start getting back into church on Sundays. We got to start getting back. Dang it, sports season came along. And we're just going to do this, but only for a season. And then, oh, there's sign-ups for another season. We'll get back in Sunday at some point, and then it's like, oh, well, it's their junior year. <laughs> I'm not going to put restrictions on the phone because they're, oh, man, they're going to graduate. Look, look what God still has for me to pour into this kid. You see? 
And it just becomes very convenient to let the world raise our kids. And it's a struggle. If you don't believe me, or if you're like being judgy on this, you don't have kids. Stop doing things that take away, even if they're good things. You may have to get some good things out so that you can do what God has called you to do. Because if you don't gather with me, you scatter. Right? He says, Martha, Martha, Martha. What you're doing is not bad, but you've missed the point. Jesus is in your house, and you're not listening to him. You're not doing bad things, but you're definitely not sitting at the feet of the promised Messiah for thousands of years that people will follow for thousands of years in your house, and you're worried about what people will think about your housekeeping, about your cooking. It's awesome that you can cook. It's awesome that you take care of your house, but you only have so much time with him. Mary has chosen, and Martha has chosen, and they're both justified, but they're very different choices. I want the worship team to go ahead and come up. God has good things for us to do for him. And Satan has things for you to do. If they will distract you, he will let them be great things in someone's eyes. But they will never be great (laughs) because it can only be a distraction. To steal a book title some of you need to start choosing the best yes. As we say yes to so many things that we don't have time for what God called us to do or for whom God called us to do it to. If you would, let me rephrase that, if I would, Stop chasing moving targets. I would have more victories in life. I would be less frustrated. I would know that I was on the right path. But I keep chasing moving targets. And I take from what God gave me to build to build something else. And then before I'm done with that, I find something else to build and further distribute all the things that God has given me to work with. Don't, they don't have to be evil things. They just have to be something else. Listen, a kingdom divided against itself will fall to destruction. Your home does not have to be divided if you will put Jesus in the center of everything that you do, he will show you. I want you to go, do, church, this is, I'm, I, I don't wanna ramble. 
I didn't call you up for no reason. But I want to say this. There's a reason we put a start and a stop to everything. We don't just have Wednesday nights every night for all year. We don't just have discipleship class every night for all year. The reason we do that is because I want you to go out and coach Little League. I want you to go out and hang out with your coworkers after work. I want you to go to the lake on the weekend. I want you to be the house where all the neighborhood kids come and you can't do that if you're at church all the time you can't be the church I want you to go out and be the church so we're not saying that any of these things are wrong okay but I am putting these assets and now I'm taking this little league team that I'm coaching and every one of those kids they're going to come to Jesus or we're going to die trying you know what I'm saying and so I'm still living life I'm still enjoying things I'm still doing what I love but I'm building God's kingdom And so when I do it this way, I have to let my integrity shine beyond my love for the game. It's just an example. I have to let my integrity shine beyond what I'll allow myself to do with my coworkers after work. Just an example. I have to show my kids how to build God's kingdom rather than build other things. And so I still take the same things, but I'm doing them with the intention because that determines my decisions, right? My direction. What direction am I headed in? What did God call you to? God called you to be a priest, and He called you to bring people far from God closer to Him. So if it doesn't do that, you might need to evaluate and see if it's something that needs to go. Because a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And how frustrating that is. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for who you are. We praise you. God, I pray for uh, I pray for your people who are in here who are frustrated, Lord. It is, God, it is so hard to not let Satan pick our priorities. We need your help with that. Holy Spirit, we need you just to continue to show us and remind us what you've called us to do. Help us in this, God, because we can't do it on our... Lord, if, if the Israelites couldn't do it, we can't do it. So let the time in your word be sweet, Lord. Teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in righteousness and let us have the, the courage to follow after you no matter what the world says that we should be chasing. And God, I pray for victory. I pray for victory. I pray, Lord, for that blood trail, for breadcrumbs, God. I pray that your people will follow you and they will have that success and God, that they will wake up in the very near future and say, I am following God. I'm giving this my best and I am happy with who I've become. Pray that they will say that, maybe for the first time ever. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please stand and worship.